Well, Napoleon once pointed to a map of China and said, there lies a sleeping giant. If it ever wakes up, it will be unstoppable. Christian men are a sleeping giant. If they ever wake up fully, then they will be unstoppable. You know, if God was to awaken all the men, Christian men, across our nation and the nations and unleash the massive talent locked within them, the church would explode with expansion and growth. The massive, untapped potential would be released from the men of our nation. So let's go to Joel chapter 3, verses 9 to 10. Proclaim this among the nations, prepare for war. How many of you know it's time to prepare for war to impact our nation? Yeah, it is. But look what comes next. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Interesting, isn't it? The church is going to go to war, defeat the enemy. The mighty men need to wake up. Then it says, Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords. In other words, get the armor of God out. Get the sword out. This is time for battle. This is time for war. And put your pruning hooks into spears. And let the weak, you may feel weak as a man, say, I am strong. You wouldn't think mighty men needed waking up. If you look at someone, and man, boy, he's a mighty man, and then they're asleep, even during church. And I have seen that. People have snored and battled with me, but I've got the microphone, so I always win. But you wouldn't think mighty men would need waking up. So how can a mighty man be asleep? But sadly, according to Scripture, they do fall asleep and need waking up. They have great abilities. They have the call of God. And yet, they're asleep. But I want to declare this morning that this is going to change. And God is going to wake up the mighty men. And God is going to wake up the mighty woman of our nation and see the church grow and expand faster than ever before. So the things that I share today, although we've titled it Wake Up the Mighty Men, you could just as well title it Wake Up the Mighty Woman. So ladies, Wherever you're watching or listening overseas or in New Zealand, don't tune out right now. What I'm saying is going to apply to you as well. Jesus had a vision to reach the world in three years. What was his strategy? Twelve men. That was his strategy. You know, they, some statistics tell us, some research tells us that there is a huge percentage of leadership in the, in, in the churches in the hands of women. That woman... Some say up to 85%. That's not true here. They say up to 85% is by woman because the men, well, asleep. Asleep. So it's, it's good that they wake up. Here's a quote for you. The massive men live lives of quiet desperation and go to the grave with the song still in them. It's time to sing your song before you go to the grave. Don't leave this earth with unrealized potential. Don't leave here with gifts that you've never developed, service you've never given to God. Don't go to the grave with the song still in your heart. Because you have locked within you enormous gifts, abilities, and talents 
that you've yet to discover. You know, you may, you've not reached your full potential. If you've reached your full potential, you should be in heaven right now. But you are not. I know locked within me are these gifts, these abilities that I've not yet discovered. I'm not yet aware of. But I'm so excited. In the next decades, these talents and gifts, you're going to see them. They're going to come out. And you're going to think, where did that come from? Well, it's already in here. It's there in a seed form. But it's in you as well. It's in every person in this place and everyone watching on TV. There are seeds of giftings and abilities that you've not yet discovered. How many people think that's pretty exciting? God has got so, so much more for you. Do not go to the grave with abilities still locked within you. They say that the wealthiest place in the world is a cemetery because there lies gifts never used, books never written, prayers never prayed, songs never composed. Wow. And leadership never developed. The richest place on the planet, the cemetery. Please don't die an incredibly wealthy person. Die spent out, having used all that God has placed within you to the fullest potential. Make it your goal to discover in the course of your lifetime everything God has placed within you. And there is so much more than you are seeing right now. The call of the Spirit is to wake up the mighty men, unleash them to storm the gates of hell, to strike fear in the heart of the enemy. If you think about New Zealand men are warriors. You know, there's a pioneer spirit within them. And uh, you just look at our New Zealand rugby men, the All Blacks. Talk about woken up. These, these are mighty men. They have woken up. They're unstoppable. They're world beaters. And I think the haka is a great picture of what every Christian man should look like in the spirit, terrifying the opposition, terrifying the enemy in Jesus' name. Mighty men for you. See yourself, man. This is you in the spirit. Imagine the men of New Zealand, Christian men, praying like that in a prayer meeting, worshiping like that on a Sunday, serving God with that kind of passion, that kind of energy, that kind of commitment, that kind of zeal. You're talking about striking fear in the heart of the enemy. You're talking about wiping out the, 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 the opposition. Wake up the mighty man. Let the men of war draw near. That is the call of the Spirit. They are determined that their side is going to win. Imagine if every Christian man in this nation was determined that the church was going to win, 
that the gospel was going to win in this nation, that no opposition was going to defeat us and hold us back. Imagine if every man had that kind of passion, that kind of zeal, that kind of commitment, that kind of training in the Spirit. Say, come on, bring it on. We're going to take this nation for Jesus. That's a picture of what it takes. You know, we can't mamby-pamby around tiptoeing through the tulips and think we're going to win this nation and strike fear in the heart of the enemy. It's my prayer that mighty men, mighty women are going to rise in this nation like never, ever before. So we've got to ask the question, why do men, why do women, why do they fall asleep? They're mighty, but they fall asleep. How does that happen? 1 Peter 5 verse 8, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. It is a work of the enemy. It's the enemy that puts men to sleep. If you're asleep <laughs> as a man, and you know if you are, it's a work of Satan. And you know what's the sad thing is if we're asleep as a man of God, we'll never be satisfied. We'll never be fulfilled. We'll feel empty because we're not being what we were created to be. We, we, we should be leading the haka in the spirit. <clears throat> They say that, some say that the final frontier to be reached for God is men. They say over the years God's moved among women. You look at the women's conferences and some of them are around the world. I'm not saying that the men's aren't, but there's some of the big conferences. God's moved among children over the years. God's mo you've moved among young people. They reckon the final frontier is God's going to move mightily among men. And it has happened to a measure, I must admit, but I think it needs to happen to a greater measure than ever before because I think that's where the church will come to its finest hour. Right. <clears throat> and so the devil knows the impact that men can have. And so he's done everything he can to silence them, to stop them becoming mighty men. You see, if a child comes to Christ, three and a half percent of the families will follow. If a woman comes to Christ, 17% of the family will follow. But if a man comes to Christ, 93% of families will follow. If you get the man, you get the family. Men accumulate hurts. That's one of the problems. Because we're strong, we're macho, the Marlborough man, or whatever you like to call it. <clears throat> we can handle anything, you know, bring it on, get bashed, beaten, all the rest. No, we're, I'm not going to cry. Men don't cry. So what happens? They accumulate hurts. Do you know that in Scriptures, Jesus wept? Yeah. Yeah. A real man can cry. They say when you don't cry when you should, you harden a little. And some people in the end can't even cry. They're so hardened up within. It's a sad thing. These hurts get accumulated within us. But men, as much as anyone, need to be loved. They need to be nurtured. They need to be healed. They need to be cared for. And when we carry hurt and we don't deal with them, we look for answers in the wrong places. Because we're carrying all this pain and we've got to dull the pain. And so we go to alcohol. They go to drugs. They go to pornography. They you know, go to anything. They give themselves to some other area of life. Addictions take over when the men are just trying to dull the pain. And one reason they've not dealt with the hurts that they're carrying. 
And so we need to wisely share and be vulnerable with others and, and to, to um, you know, get the help, get the healing that we need. Josh McDowell tells a story of, of speaking to 1,500 high school students and a well-known group of gothics, they're like a gang. They stood close to him, trying to intimidate him, like, you know, going to tell us about Jesus? So he changed his message. And he spoke on the Father's love. And at the end of the message, the leader of the gothics, tough gang member, in front of 1,500 students, pleaded with Josh McDowell, would you give me a hug? That's what he needed. He needed a Father's love. Josh McDowell said, doesn't matter where he preaches this around the world at that time, he said exactly the same response. You know, we need to put right broken relationships with a family member, with a son or a daughter, whoever it might be. We need to put it right. Because so we can't carry that kind of baggage and be, heavy, be mighty men or mighty woman for God. See, broken, broken relationships paralyze our potential. And some of us kind of can think, hey, I don't care. I, I, I'm not putting that right. I'm not going to talk. I, I can live with this broken relationship. Well, you can live, but you can't be a mighty man. You can't fulfill potential and destiny because broken relationships put an end to that. So we need to sort those things out. And if you add to that the social confusion of roles, you know, the focus now is a lot more on equality. You know, should a man be lead? What is he, the head of the home? Is he not? What, what, what's going on? And what is marriage? <laughs> you know, there's gender issue. All that. I, mean, I mean, there's social confusion. The poor man doesn't know what he is meant to be. Crossover of roles. And then the media feeds it all the time. A lot of programs and even movies, that, you know, they make look, men look stupid and dumb and, and you know, just useless. Men see that often enough. You're creating a culture. Then the man says, oh, I'm out of here. And they go and hide in a cave, give themselves to a sport or a hobby. Just, just, they, just, they just tune out of life. And one of the issues for men and women today is poor role models. We need good role models to show us the way because we learn more by seeing than by hearing. So we need the role model. We need people to give us the example because we imitate, we copy behavior. That's what we do. Josh McDowell was contacted by the President of the United States at that time, George Bush. And uh, George asked him the question, you know, what is the number one issue facing America? Josh McDowell said the answer was the father. Sent him 70 pages of notes of statistics. And when Bush spoke to Congress on the issue of fathers, he got the biggest response and clap as they, wish, they witnessed to the truth that the role of the father is the biggest issue facing society today. Because when the father is dysfunctional, it damages the family. When the family goes down, it affects the community, which affects the city, and it affects the nation. You trace it back to the role of the father. It's just so critical. You can see why the devil has thrown everything at Bringing down the father, the males, and putting to sleep the mighty men. Dobson says, Dobson says that great man, family first, or the man about family, focus on the family. He says, over the last century, we've seen progressively poorer and poorer role models. Isn't this true, isn't it? And Ian Grant says, a little time with a good man each week is all a boy needs to download the software to be a man. 
I'll say that again. A little time with a good man each week is all a boy needs to download the software to be a man. Then he says, many boys are not getting that time. The consequences are tragic. <clears throat> Most crime, they say, is committed by men who never learned to be men and boys who in their life never knew a good role model, good male role model. Evidence says that most boys who go bad had no dad or no positive father figure in their lives. Having said that, I don't want anyone to feel bad or condemned. And why I say that is I've seen some of the best parents have the worst kids. And some of the worst parents have fantastic kids, more godly than their parents. One and one does not make two. So the enemy might try and come in right now and make you feel condemned and bad. That's why you don't hear the rest of the message and miss out on what God is actually trying to say to you. What I am trying to say to all of us is we can all grow and be more mighty men for God. We can all be more mighty women for God. We're, none of us have reached our peak, have we? We can grow, we can develop. And some of this stuff can help us to understand. And you might identify an area here where you're not bad, but you can do a bit better. That's the whole point of this message is so that we can move forward together. You know, with the Columbine Massacre, they did a massive survey in the United States, and they've made an incredible discovery. They found that most killers in the U.S. came from white, middle-class families with two parents. It all looked good. Family looked good. Parents looked good. Kids looked good. Money was not a problem. That's where it came from. Because the issue is not the structure of the family. The issue is the father, in many cases, or the parent in the situation. And we might ask the question, what put Samson to sleep? How many of you know he was a mighty man? Wasn't he an incredible man? Well, I mean, he had muscles. I mean, gosh, it reminds me of myself in terms of muscle. He was, he was tough, he was strong, but he fell asleep on the lap of Delilah, the lap of sin. And mighty women can fall asleep on the same lap. And so can mighty men. We've got to guard it, guard pornography, guard the internet, guard the movies, guard all that sort of stuff because it will put you to sleep. You can't be all God's called you to be with that stuff because it just causes too much trauma. I know it's a battle. We've got to ask God to help us. And also, what put Judas to sleep? He was a mighty man. He was an apostle. How do you put an apostle to sleep? I mean, he would have worked miracles, signs. He would have seen everything Jesus did, and yet he falls asleep. Can you believe that? Hard to believe. I'll tell you what put him to sleep, the love of money. The pursuit of money, we want, you know, mortgage is too much, so got to work longer, got to work harder, got to get more jobs. That's not a sin, that's not wrong, but if you're not careful, it's going to put you to sleep because you ain't got time for church. There's no time to pray. There's not, no time to reach out to God before you know you're asleep. So got to watch that area as well. So anyway, this man goes to a men's conference, and he's really challenged by it. He gets home late at night and he wakes up his wife. It's his first mistake. <laughs> then he said, I've been, honey, to a men's meeting. 
I'm now the head of this house. And this is what it's going to be like from now on. For 30 minutes, he gave her both barrels. Everything was going to change. Everything was going to be transformed. He was taking charge of the home. Well, he didn't see her for six days. The seventh day, he woke up in his hospital bed. (laughs) And he could just see her slightly out of the left eye. Some good advice for you men. You don't go home from this message, TV, wherever you are, and tell your wife, okay, I'm now a mighty man of God, and start performing the haka in the kitchen, okay? Because what she'll do is tell you to put the rubbish out and clean the toilet. And that'll prove that you really are a mighty man. Just don't try it on me. All right. So... What, should a, what would a mighty woman look like? Mighty woman of God. What, 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 what are some thoughts here? Now, I don't want you to feel badly about this, but can I just throw some things out? I think, firstly, for a mighty man of God, he, he needs to be a spiritual leader in the church, in the home, wherever. A spiritual leader. Have a growing relationship with God. In fact, men in churches in New Zealand, they did this survey a number of years ago, and they asked the men, what's your number one desire? And they discovered, do you know what it was? To grow spiritually. Wow, that's what underneath men, that's what we all want. We want to grow spiritually. We want to be mighty men for God. And we had to lead, we had to lead our, our way and be spiritual leaders. Psalm 101 verse 2, if you're struggling with this mess and you're thinking, oh man, this is just too much, here's a verse for you. Psalm 101 verse 2, I need your help. <laughs> so right now, maybe you need to pray and say, God, I need your help. He, he's, he's knocked me out on every point so far. God, I need your help, especially in my home. Christianity starts at home. You pray at home, you worship at home, you lead at home, you're a role model at home. Then you extend it beyond there, where I need to act as I should. You know, sometimes there's a trap out there. We can, you know, we need to give our best energies into our home. You know, the people closest to us, you know, to our, to, uh, to our spouse and to our kids or whoever it might, we give them our best energies, their first cab off the rank, if you like. And then when we've done that, we go and look after everybody else because Christianity starts at home with those closest to you. And some ministers over the years have put so much time into looking after everything out there, they've neglected what's in here, and the family has collapsed, and even their ministry has collapsed. So a mighty man, a mighty woman of God, puts a focus right in their home. What's the best gift you can give your children? Think about that for a minute. I wonder what's clicking through your mind. What's the best gift? Well, let me tell you some things. The best gift you can give your kids is not financial. It's not helping them to be great in sport. I'm not saying that's wrong, but that's not the best thing you can give them. And some parents, Christian parents, think, all I want is my kid is going to be the best at sport, and they sacrifice everything on that sport. Or I want them to excel in in their studies and at university, and so they push them and prod them and, and force them to work hard and all the rest of it. And in the pursuit of all those things... Church falls by the wayside because the most important thing you can do for your children is to be an example of a godly role model of faith. That's what what your kids need, a godly role model of faith. Hey, if you can do everything else, but it's not easy. 
And that's where our focus really needs, I believe, to be. So we need to invest in our homes and love your kids. I'm sure you do. But can I encourage you to love your kids? You know, men can express themselves. Men can show. How many of you reckon the All Blacks doing the haka show some emotion? Do they? Is these men? Can you see some passion in their eyes? <laughs> yeah, so men can be passionate. Men can express themselves. And, you know, because you can, you know, when they're sitting at home watching the All Blacks and they score a last-minute try to beat the Australians, all right, what happens? Every man is, yeah, way to go. And they're cheering and clapping, and the wife is saying, shut up. You know? You know, they can't hear you. What I reckon the wife should say, can you be like that in church tomorrow morning? During the worship, during the preaching, can we have a bit of a shout? You know, I preach my heart out in this place sometimes. I reckon what I'm doing is far more important than the All Blacks. And people sit there half asleep. Love your kids. Express it. Hug your kids. Tell them you love them. Tell them (laughs) out of the mouth. I love you. Son, I love you, daughter. Tell them. It will do so much for them. And listen to them. Because when you listen to them, you're saying that you are important. What you have to say matters. You're of value. Don't always push them away. And leave me alone. You know, I'm watching the end of the All Blacks here. Now, leave me alone. Now, now, obviously, if they've been going on and on and on for half an hour, you might say, shut up. Get out of here, please. I can understand that. They might get to that point where you've just had enough. But overall, listen to them. Because that tells them they're valuable. And they need to know they're valuable. Then they say, play with your kids. Play ball with your kids. They reckon it does something very powerful in their lives just to be played with. Don't be too busy to play with your kids. Give them that time. Give them that talking with them and sharing with them and playing with them. It's just so important. Jimmy Baker ended up in prison. And his son came and visited him. He was this Christian megastar. Son came and visited him in prison and said, Dad, this is the happiest day of my life. Like, I've visited people in prison. I can't wait to get out of there. What would you say to your dad, this is the happiest day? So he said, son, why? He said, Dad, because today it's just you and me. Jimmy said, God had to send me to prison to learn to spend time with my kids. Pray to God you don't have to go to prison. (laughs) Spend time with your kids today at every opportunity. It means a lot more than we actually think or realize. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Actively serving God keeps us awake. It keeps us awake. You know, we're not giving out. We're not serving God. We will slowly but surely fall asleep. Because, you know, there's no need to pray. There's no need to really worship. There's no need to cry out to God because you don't need Him. You know, because you're not doing anything. So serving, you know, if you pour out for God, He will pour into you. He will pour into you. His presence, His power. And he'll keep you awake. 
I remember a father telling me years ago, and he was, he was a really good person, served fervently in the church, quite passionate really. And he just told me one day, I wasn't even, he just happened to mention, he said, look, he said, no, God's always been with me. He said, I've always heard the voice of God. This one thing, I've always heard the voice of God. He said, there's only one season where for two years, he said, heaven was silent. And God stopped speaking. I said, well, what happened? He said, well, he said, it was when I had our, our kids and they were young. He said, I stopped serving in church. And God went silent. He fell asleep, if you like, for a period of time. Friends, can I encourage you? If you want to be a mighty man, a mighty woman for God, never, ever stop serving God. You may adjust the way you serve, but never, ever. You need it for your own spiritual health and spiritual well-being moving forward. We all want to be able to say, Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord every single day. Did you know, statistics will bear out, that men grow spiritually seven times faster when they're in a small group as opposed to when they only attend church on a Sunday morning. Seven times faster. Maybe that's all you needed to hear today. Maybe that's the word of the Lord for you. I need a small group. Because what happens in a small group? You have to interact with people. <laughs> you have to love people. You get prayed for. You can share your needs. You can you make good friends that you can open up with. Tell them about this hurt. Tell them about this broken relationship. Tell them about this addiction. And get help. And you grow seven times faster. That's what the surveys tell us. I've never done the survey myself, but I'm sure if it's not seven times, it's somewhere along those lines that we can grow and develop. Men, let's do what we can. And women to be good role models for those around us. Role models of character, integrity, honesty. You know, those are kind of like, you know the scripture in Isaiah that says that truth has fallen in the streets. Truth has fallen, isn't that true? Truth has fallen in the streets. It's just lost. It's so lost in today's society, in today's age. And we as men and women of God, we need to set up a standard. You know, Billy Graham said this, that great preacher, he said, when wealth is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, something is lost. When character is lost, everything is lost. That's a challenge, isn't it? But it's true. Joseph, in the Scriptures, he lost his coat of many colors, if you know the story in Genesis. Beautiful coat his dad had given. He lost his coat of many colors. Then he lost his cloak to Potiphar's wife. He lost his position. He lost so many things, but he never lost his character. And God blessed him beyond his dreams. Listen for a moment. Let this encourage some of you. Some of you have lost so much. You've lost in so many areas of your life. Maybe in relationships. Maybe in finances. Maybe with family. Maybe with kids. You've just lost so, so much. But guess what? For some of you, 
you've not lost your character. And in the end, that's what matters the most. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. In the book of Judges, Gideon is hiding away in the wine press. The enemy is assailing them. He's lacking confidence. He's really full of fear. And God calls him, turns up and calls him, mighty man of valor. Gideon, mighty man of valor. Gideon probably looked around and thought, God, who are, who are you talking to? You see, God never talks to us the way we are. He talks to us the way he knows we can be. And he says to every person, in this auditorium today, and every person watching on the screen across the nations, he says to each and every one of us, he calls you by name and says, you are a mighty woman of God. You are a mighty man of God. It's time to wake up the mighty men. It's time to wake up the mighty woman and see a great advance of the kingdom of God in this nation and the nations of the world. Amen.